What's going on, folks? Welcome to Got Your Back, NHL edition, LeBron, Rashog, and MJ. Yes, Mike Johnson, right from between the benches during that mayhem last night in the Leafs game <laughs> to our Got Your Back podcast this morning. Looking forward to breaking down that one with Johnny, among other things. A reminder that Got Your Back NHL is brought to you by our great friends at Kuma Outdoor Gear, our title sponsor. They've got a wide range of gear to fit all your outdoor needs, from tents and sleeping bags travel games and pet products and drinkware and of course we talk about it every week that amazing switchback heated chair the world's first heated chair powered by bluetooth technology it's got an insulated cup holder on one side and a wine glass holder on the other conversation over best chair ever kuma gear is available across north america go to kumaoutdoorgear.com as we say hello to Mike Johnson and Pierre Lebrun. The Florida Panthers, Johnny, have been involved in some interesting hockey over the last few days. And you, my friend, stopped right into the middle of last night's game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And just give us a, for those that didn't see, a quick rundown of what the heck happened in that shootout. So I've never seen anything like it before. And first off, we'll say the call was right. They got to the right call, but... Evan Rodriguez going for Florida, shot to win. So he makes a move. Beanpot stops up, tries to slide it under Lowell's pad, goes in. He gives the big fist pump. They're celebrating 2-1 win, really good game, physical game. They're bolting out of there. Like You know what, you know what it's like you're on the road, you're picking the big win. Let's get in the room. We're out of here. The benches, the, spirit, the, the, the coaches file down the room, and all of a sudden the, co- the referees are taking a quick look. And the rules very clearly state you can't put in a rebound on a penalty shot. Now, a rebound only needs to be this big. Like It just has to hit the equipment, come back towards the player, and then have him hit it again. A double touch. Like we all see in Pierre Lebrun chip the ball in golf. It's like a double hit. It's, it's like that. Right. Like you get it twice in a row quickly. <laughs> so um, Sometimes it's your fault. And, yeah, yeah, that's right. Could be me. Um but that's what it ended up being. It was a very clear look. It bounced off the pad briefly, and, and, and by a, you know two inches, Rodriguez then stuffed it underneath. So now they make the ruling. Again, Toronto, the lower bowl is empty. Everyone's stormed yeah. out of there in disgust. Ah, Leafs, they're brutal. They're all trying to rush back in. You have Joseph Wall, who made a beeline for the dressing room. He probably had some gear off. He had to get dressed, come back out there. The Panthers had to come back on the bench, reset everything. And then the Leafs go with Noah Gregor, of all people, scoring a goal. And then Nick Cousins hitting a crossbar. The Leafs win the game a minute after Florida was in the dressing room celebrating having won the game. I don't remember seeing a game-winning goal reversed that way, but it was the right call. It just it caught guy, people off guard. It was, it was actually fun. Leafs, Panthers, I don't care. It was just like, you know, I'm for Team Chaos always, and that felt very Team Chaos. Yeah, Panthers look dangerous, by the way. I mean, it's amazing Yo. to be completely off topic that they survive those top four injuries to Ekblad and Montour, and now here they come again. Uh, they could win the Cup. That's that's how good they are. Mm. Um, I, I didn't like that call in the shootout. Like, the shootout's already a joke in a way, so I guess let's just keep going with it. But, like, that's – I get it by the rule, but this is why the shootout can never come into the playoffs. Like, that's just so ridiculous, that entire scene last night. By the way, Paul Maurice's post-game scrum, I uh, just watched online before we came on. 
another classic from Paul Maurice. We got called about, we got asked about all this. Woo, a couple of F-bombs and some tongue-in-cheek and uh, yeah. Coach was a little sour back there, but the players were good. Players handled it better than the coach. I have not seen that, especially that fast. No, I, you know what I do think it's important that they have rules. Oh, f It's important that we have them. Because there's no other way to do that, right? Because if he rips it off the guy and it goes off his shin pad and it goes in, is that a goal? That happens so fast. So it wasn't... Yeah, it's important we have rules. Just go with that, Steve. I'll just say this. Yeah, he was gold. He's always gold, especially when he comes through Canada. But Pierre, he shot in a rebound. It's not a joke. Like, if it was six inches, if it was a foot, yeah. like, how big of a rebound could you put in? How many shots are you going to get on a, power, on a penalty it's, shot? That's the right. It's got to be the right call. I know, but the shootout already to me is just like, I would eliminate the shootout. So it's hard for me to get like in the weeds on yeah, this. Like, we're I into this is like trying to talk to Pierre about the All Star game. The shootout Correct. stuff. Like, he just checks <laughs> out. Announced, Logic doesn't matter. We've expanded just, the Toronto All-Star Weekend to an extra day. Wow! The world's most boring <laughs> event now has another day. That is great. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. how, how, how am I going to skip an event that's in my town is, is what I want to know. I, I have to be creative in my efforts to somehow not cover All-Star Weekend when it's literally blocks away from my house. Pierre, it's like the one three or four days a year we get to hang out and spend together because i generally get to do the all-star game and i always look forward to seeing you bud and i just i just feel like i, I haven't gone in five years me. i haven't gone in five years so you're you're, you're so you've been able to get out of it yeah. well we'll we'll take note if you can get out of the all-star game with it being in your own town that's going to be some quiet quitting on a different level impressive. bud. that's impressive leave it to uh, me yeah, exactly. He's on the case. All right, guys, let's get to the breakdown. And, of course, brought to you by our title sponsors, Kuma Outdoor Gear. Uh, I'm dragging my arse around a little this morning because I was late at an Oiler game last night. Uh, headline here, I'm not sure if the Oilers are back, but I know Connor McDavid is, Johnny. This guy has rediscovered whatever was uh, eluding his game. It's in the hands. It's in the feet. And as I was watching him last night, Clearly right back up to speed again. I'm going, oh, yeah, that's what that looks like. Because we hadn't seen it since – we had not seen it yet this year. And it's like, oh, yeah, there it is. It's amazing, and it's so befuddling, like how it sort of disappeared. It's the easiest, most obvious answer, which he will never cop to, is that he was hurt. He was hurt. Like he, There's no, something no physically wrong with him that was prohibiting him from being the guy that he is, the guy that he was last year the guy that he's been the last few weeks, to the point where I was watching it overtime and I was mad at Evan Bouchard for missing the backdoor tap-in because I wanted him to get four points again. Like, I'm like, come yeah. on, you got to put that thing in there. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to think where he was three games ago, four games ago in the scoring list, whatever it was, 75th, way down there. And now after 12 points in three games, which, no joke, good players, Shoggy, would get 12 points in two months. Yeah. In two months, he did it in five days. Um, and he's just flying through people. And for everyone who said, yeah, but it was Anaheim. Anaheim's not very good. And yeah, I was on the power play and watched it. Well, this was Vegas. Um, they're supposed to be pretty good. They're supposed to be able to defend pretty well. And he was flying around. They had no real answer for them. So um, it's amazing. 
to think that physically, yes, but Pierre, even the best player in the world, you wonder if there's like some element of confidence in how he feels about his game, the results he's getting, the way the team's going. And now that the team's winning and he's producing, he just feels better about himself, even though he's already the greatest player in the world. Um, and I don't know if everything's right in Edmonton, they're, but they're certainly back on track. And we saw Calgary get right back at the playoff chase. Edmonton's on their way there as well. But yeah, I, I, McDavid, when he's playing like this, your mind are like, there's not much you can do with him. Well, the crazy thing is the Oilers are five points out of a playoff spot this morning. So <laughs> for a team that mm. didn't win for a month, that's nuts. It, just shows, it just shows you again. I told you guys this a couple of weeks ago, the bottom end of that Western playoff bracket is not, uh, is not what we're used to. But anyway, uh, you, you asked me about Connor McDavid's confidence. Obviously, I haven't. Taught, have had a chance to see the Oilers yet in person, so I haven't asked him. But I can tell you this: I'll never forget once. Remember a, years ago when Sidney Crosby was at the Apex, honestly blowing everyone away in the Art Ross, and he had this weird October once where people freaked out. He just couldn't put the puck in the net, couldn't get points, and everyone's like, "What's wrong with Sid?" And I, act, I remember sitting down with him at the team hotel in Toronto and doing an interview with him, and he was like, "Yeah, I just." I lost my confidence right now. And I just remember going, you're the best player in the world. Like, how, how, how could that happen? And obviously we know the rest of the story. He, he got out of it and, and became the most dominant player in the league again. But, you know, everyone has their confidence a bit hit at times. And, 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 and you know, I don't know if he said it exactly that way, but something having to do with confidence. And I remember thinking, okay, well, if that can happen to him, it can happen to everyone. I'm sure. Mm. I, I bet you it did happen with Conor McDavid for a while, especially when you pile on, you know, Leon and I have to carry this team and, and, and this is weighing on us and this is a disaster and we just had our coach fired. Mm-hmm. That certainly would make it worse. But um, they look back on track right now. Yeah, and Leon Dreisaitl talked about confidence too, admitted that, of course, they're subject to the same thing that, that your average player would be when it's not there. You, you, you struggle a little bit. But uh, although Evander Kane, <laughs> I said to Evander Kane game last night, because he's piling in the goals right now. I see him. Where's your confidence at? And he looked at me and goes, where he usually is. <laughs> which, ah, I thought was, I which I thought was I pretty that. funny. Standing there in just this super bright, unreal purple suit that was like, whoa, he came walking into the locker room for postgame last night? And then where it usually is. I thought that was a pretty baller moment from Evander Kane. So there is some confidence and some swagger that's re-injected back into that Oiler room. Signs, though, that this is real. Johnny, because the last time they won three in a row, guess what they did? Went on the road and lost three in a row, and they were right Mm -hmm. back in the muck, and the pressure was right back on. But when you look at the number of things that have turned around, right, their penalty kill has been on fire. Spectacular the last four games, and really, uh, since Mark Stewart took over when Chris Knobloch came in, you got to give him a lot of credit. Uh, The power play has tightened up, and we're not hearing constantly about individual mistakes that are killing them, Johnny. Like, these were some sicknesses in their game, and a lot of them have been healed that leads you to believe maybe this is for real? Listen, the Oilers were an attractive pick to go deep in the playoffs by some of us earlier this year, right? For a reason. reason. They are a good team when they play well. It was shocking to see how poorly they went with the results. But even when they're getting the results, remind ourselves that the process stats for the Oilers were, were actually quite strong, even though the, you know they were losing all those games. 
So some of that is writing itself, but some of it's confidence. But you're right. The big miss, which was killing the Edmonton Oilers, the big mistake, the bad pitch, they gave up a three-on-one, a turnover in the wrong place, they gave up a two-on-one, that kind of stuff, they've really limited in their game, which gives them a chance to just play normally and allow their good roster to win games for them. Um, obviously, when Leon and Connor are going, it's a different animal altogether. It just really feeds the way that entire team feels about themselves. And the goaltending has gotten a bit better. Still yep. question marks there a little bit. But um, like last night's game, sure, it ended up 4-4, I think, and then into overtime. But the Oilers, with a lead in the third period, completely control play. Even though they gave up a two-goal lead, it's not like they were in their own end. That, to me, is indicative of a team that is trending in the right direction and believes in themselves and have found how they want to play. against a really good opponent, Pierre, that they are able, even with a lead, to control play. Forget about the fact that they gave it up. They played the way you'd like to play with a lead in the third period against the defending Stanley Cup champs. Yeah, I think there are a lot of elements to their game that would tell you this, this looks promising and sustainable. And again, the two teams as of this morning that they're chasing for the for the playoff spot or spots the last two, I don't know if standings in front of me, I believe, is Nashville and Arizona. And I'm not, listen, yeah. Arizona's on the rise after all these years and uh, a retooling Nashville team that is gritty, but five points out of those teams. Um, we mentioned the Cup champs. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't have a quick comment there. I, I We had Bruce Cassidy on last week, uh, Ryan, mm-hmm. and I wrote a piece about it too for the Athletic Monday. They, they've done a really good job coming out of the gates and fighting the hangover. But And again, they came back and got a point last night, got a point in Calgary. They've now only won four of their last 12 games. I just checked before we came on air. So now some overtime points they've been shut out a bunch there. too. Yeah, some overtime points in there. But I believe they're, they're, uh, they got four wins, three overtime losses, and five losses. Uh, so four, five, and three in those mm. four games. So it's not. But it feels... You know, Kelly McCrimmon, I remember about a month ago, said, yeah, we're off to a great start, but, you know, it may be that we hit a flat spot at some point. I think they're hitting that flat spot, which is just, that's just being human beings after not having mm-hmm. a summer, right? So I think they'll be fine, and they're just, they're a great team, but it's a little harder right now for them. Johnny, thought on Vegas? Well, I mean, I think the teams that stormed out of the gates, Vegas, Boston, both are very good. Both have a lot of things to admire, but they were both on unsustainable PDO benders where their goaltending was crazy. They're shooting 14%. Like, you know, they would tell you it's not going to last forever. Kelly McCrimmon told it's not going to last forever, whether it's emotional, physical, or mathematical. Like, it's going to even itself out and doesn't mean they're not good, but it means they were going to lose some games. They, they were not going to go 70 and 12. They're not the Golden State Warriors. Like, that's not how it works in hockey. So um, I, I think a lot of it is just the ebbs and the flows. A lot of it is probably emotional and human with regards to their long playoff run. Um, they will be fine when they get back to it. But, yeah, like, that's – this is how it goes. And maybe the Oilers hit their skid before they hit a good one, right? And it where it felt way worse than it actually was. And it's sort of regressing to a more normal place, which is better – Vegas probably not quite as good as they were regressing to a normal, more normal place beer where they're good, but they're not the greatest team in the history of the league. And the team that very few people are really talking about that arguably now, if you include the last few weeks, like the entire year, that's been the most consistent is the LA Kings. I mean, yeah. LA Kings yes. just win every Look night. Out. <laughs> they just win every yes. night. And it's like, yeah. you know, they're, 
uh, you know, no one talk about the Kings. You know, Vegas are the cup champs and the Oilers are struggling. Shh. Kings are just doing their thing over there. They look good. I mean, I yeah, tell you. Yeah, and I'm seeing 19 games on their schedule that they've played so far. Vancouver and Vegas are at 23 each, I'm seeing. So Vegas or Los Angeles with a 763. Well, that's why you go percentage. by points percentage. Yeah, the Kings yeah. are first in the division. Yeah. They're playing unreal right now. Okay, guys, uh, let's get to the Chicago stuff. Um, Not going to dignify the mess on social media through this process with any sort of discussion about that. Uh, Let's push forward to Kyle Davidson and his press conference. Pierre, there seemed a dissatisfaction about the lack of detail that was presented, as though because of their history here in the Kyle Beach scenario, that the Hawks somehow owed the hockey world more specifics and more details. Could not disagree more. It would seem to me that the Blackhawks are doing what they can to say what they can, take the right actions internally. And, you know, at each step of the way here, Kyle Davidson is presenting like they're taking this extremely seriously. They don't owe the hockey world a ton of detail at this point. I'm sure there are lawyers involved here. Yeah, um, that's basically what I what we think is going on. And again, I, you know, I people coming out to me in hockey rink saying, you know, what's the real story? Got to be really careful. We Obviously, there are things that we're hearing. We're asking questions. We're trying to get things confirmed. The, you know, there are things that still have to play out here. And can I just say that people should not be joking around with this stuff? Like, just, you know, um, the Hawks can't share everything right now um, because some of these things, I think, still have to play out. Um, you know, you could tell the emotion in Cal Davidson at his presser, how much this is a taking a toll on him. Um, I did ask Bill Daly, uh, NHL deputy commissioner. I said, well, is the league going to get involved now and have an investigation or look into it? Or does the league consider it still a, a team matter? And his response was that the Blackhawks have been very transparent in this uh, about all the relevant circumstances, you know, end of quote. So the league so far is 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 okay with the way the Hawks have handled it, which is, you know, not insignificant as far as a comment, I think, from Bill Daly. But I understand why people are second-guessing the Blackhawks because of, you know, because of Kyle Beach and everything that happened. That's human nature, you know, same organization. But from what we can piece together so far, I think the Hawks have, have seemingly responded pretty swiftly here. Uh, once they found found out what they found out, and again, I, I I just want to be careful that you know people are speculating all kinds all kinds of things. The other thing we should point out, and I think CJ pointed this out on Insider Trading, is that the NHLPA is also reviewing the matter, and and Corey Perry, you know, they have sixty days to file a grievance if they want um, because his contract's being terminated. But um, but yeah, you know, this is not uh, not a joking matter, right? There's uh, something that's transpired here and and i think it's just tough in today's world you know people run with things and yeah it was pretty ugly couple days in social media yeah i'll just say this guys and without you know we until they want to confirm the details i I don't know exactly what happened but they've shed enough light i know everybody Mm -hmm. wants answers and criticizing chicago you could have you know stopped all this speculation by saying more they can't say more for a variety of reasons. Most importantly, there's somebody else involved in this situation that is not right. Corey Perry. And that person deserves the respect, the privacy, 
and, and right. the, the legal right to not maybe have everything that's happened been put in public. I think what Chicago has done, and I understand they deserve no benefit of the doubt given their track record. It feels to me like they're doing everything in their power this time to support the other person in this situation, not the player, even at the expense of the player, at the expense of their players and their team and the brand and innuendo and all that stuff because they're trying to do what's right by the other person. That other person, whatever happened there, doesn't want, maybe doesn't want their that story out there, doesn't want to have to deal with the fallout of this. And they have to respect that and try to support that person, not just the player. Supporting the player and the team is what got them in trouble last time. And I think they're going smartly the other way. So don't forget that there's someone else here besides Corey Perry that deserves attention and care in this conversation. So I, I think that's the priority. And we may never hear the exact details right. from the parties involved right. because – if Corey Perry doesn't want to grieve this, if he if he accepts the decision, just goes into retirement and deals with his own life, then we probably won't hear it, and and that'll have to be fine um, because as long as the person, the other person involved, is getting taken care of, then that's the priority. I think a lot of people kind of mistake their curiosity with the Hawks' obligation of some sort, and that's just just not the case. I think that's really well put, Johnny Pierre. The one thing that stood out to me was how quickly they moved to, you know, put him on waivers for the purposes of, of terminating the contract. Uh, just from, from a, a mechanic standpoint, that would be something that they would be discussing with the league, would they not? Like, here's, here's what happened. Here's the action we're going to take. Uh, because I don't, you don't take terminating a contract lightly. Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, no. waiting, a, waiting a day or two or letting things play out a little bit or whatever needed to happen, they move quickly to take this action. And you'd think that mm-hmm. would be in conjunction with discussion with the league, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, when you terminate a player's contract, which is exceedingly difficult to do in the NHL CBA, right? Yeah. I mean, that's why when, mm-hmm. when you sign a contract, you're, you're really stuck with it in the NHL, almost more so than any other sport alive. Um, when you terminate a contract, it, it, it ends up involving both the league and the PA. Don't forget the PA in all this, um, because the mm-hmm. PA's job normally is to make sure that all the grounds have been met that meet the criteria of being able to, to terminate a contract. So all, all the relevant, and I guess that's why Bill Daly said, you know, the Blackhawks have been transparent in this process so far. Um, so, yeah, we'll see where this goes. And like I said, the PA does have 60 days to decide whether they're okay with all this, uh, you know, in terms of, and, and I know that that might bother some people because they're like, and again, we don't even know everything, but it is the union's job to generally speaking mm. a bigger picture to always try to protect a, a contract that's been signed. But um, yeah, it's a crazy couple of days. There's no doubt though, guys, there are mountains of lawyers on all sides of this conversation helping to direct like lawyers for the club, HR lawyers, legal lawyers, PA lawyers. Like, you know, you have the, the agent for Corey Perry, you have the, you know, like everyone is sort of helping to guide the language and what is said and what is not based on what their interests are. And um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, if Corey Perry thinks he's done nothing wrong, then he would grieve this. If he maybe has, or is willing to concede the punishment, then I, I, I don't think he would grieve it. Um, it's because I don't think he'd want to have to sort of relitigate whatever happened. And I'll say this, 
I know it doesn't even matter at this point, but you know, people are curious, well, will somebody else sign Corey Perry? Cause he'll be free to sign elsewhere. Mm-hmm. The only way somebody else signs Corey Perry is if it comes out with great detail, exactly what happened. Cause no organization is going to take him on at this point, I think without, you know, sort of vetting what went on and, and then sort of explaining to their fans why it's okay for them to do this. So um, that's how I would kind of read the TV if- yeah, and I listen. There's no question in my mind. A, a couple of contenders would be like, "Oh, Corey Perry, he's a playoff guy," but they would have to do their due diligence. And I don't know how they do their due diligence without calling up Kyle Davidson and asking him. And I don't know that Kyle Davidson's in a position where he can really share everything or not. I, I honestly don't know. I'm not, yeah. So yeah, and due diligence is different than it used to be. Looking into it to kind of get a sense of what happened, and then making your own judgment on that. Like that's that's right. not due diligence anymore, right? Because Johnny, you made the point that there's somebody else involved here. So if all of a sudden Corey Perry is signed and chasing Stanley Cup glory somewhere, and it turns out that there, you know, there was something difficult that happened, and there is, uh, you know, someone on the other side of this, whatever term you want to use, victim, whatever you want to say. Uh, that's tough, right? So it's it's different than it used to be. I agree with you, Johnny. I think it's I think it's uh, probably not something that we see until much more clarity is shed on mm. this situation, and uh, there's well, a lot there, more miles from the, here. There's to there. also such a bigger conversation to be had, which I, I don't think is our forum, but just not just in sports and, and what happened here, but in, in politics and and war and everything, but just things that take off on social media that people believe are fact and oh goodness. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, I think, I think Pierre, we can kind of shrug our shoulders and go, God, social media is stupid sometimes. And man, there are some dummies on Twitter and it's unfortunate the way it goes. But I think most normal thinking people recognize that for what it is. And, and breathing any more life into it to me is like, we all know there's dumbasses out there and it's unfortunate we all have to be exposed to them, but that's what we sign up for with social media. Well, well that family that went got, just got dragged through the mud for four days, didn't yeah. sign up for that, doesn't deserve that. And that is garbage that they have to 100%. go through that. And it's going to stick with the, the player for a little while that, you know, he'll hear the, the chirps and the sideways comments, which is crap. And the, and the fact that his parents, like, it's just not something that they ever warranted any part of, which is what makes it more unfair than normal. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, Yeah, well said. Okay, guys, let's move on from that. We are now, Johnny, I don't know if you knew this or not, buddy, we're at the three-quarter poll of the NHL season. Look at you. Look at you. Who says I can't learn? You see one little comment out of the side of my (laughs) mouth, and boom, you do a little research, and you come back stronger. What a we leader forgot, I am. Uh, we forgot to red card, <laughs> yellow card, no card that. Let's do a quick little impromptu one, Pierre. How did you feel about Johnny stopping my sponsor read to correct my English last podcast? I'm going red card all day long, P. I, I'm, I'm going to go yellow because I think he should have let you go through the sponsor read. We really, really like the sponsor read. I really yeah, I mean, like look, I mean, Kuma, right? Look, yes. I mean, I'm, but but he was right to correct you because it's actually one of the things that annoys me too. I, I have a few of you you guys oh. know because I, wow. I put them out on Twitter all the Sorry. time. But that's but that's one of them. <laughs> annoying the, everyone. The quarter, the, the quarter pole thing is. Uh, <laughs> I like it. You know what, Shoggy? I'm going to say Sorry, no I'm... card because Kuma 
deserves to have a grammatically correct read while we're promoting promoting their amazing products. They don't want to be lumped in with this grade two level quarter pole nonsense. Okay, they are a professional company. We treat them as such. For example, here's a few other. Let, let, let's just keep going. Here's a few other. Okay, that. here oh, we go. Let's really let's. <laughs> Good idea. They are not locker rooms in the NHL. That's an Americanism from other sports. They are dressing rooms. If the really? game is 0-0 after the first period, the game is not scoreless because there is a score. The score is 0-0. Oh, okay, continue. Well, the locker, the locker rooms, room dressing room says rooms. who? Says who? What about jury? Says who? Like, sweater. NHL, NHL sweater. Yeah. NHL sweater. Sweater, sweater jersey, or jersey. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Jersey, like these and, are these and, are. And, I and think these are annoys me. The league too picky. Here's another one that annoys me. The league several years ago also uh, went to box score on, on its website for the forever and ever. Those were called summaries, game summaries. Now they're box scores. The box score is from other sports. Sorry. Just wow. Wow, we got some work to do to earn listeners back now, guys. So let's finish strong here (laughs) because anybody is there anybody out there still? Uh, By the way, the one the one that is the conversation ender because it's it's the one that has to change the most. When you throw a hit, you don't leave your feet, and everybody in hockey says it. He left his feet. Your feet leave the ice. That's the one that drives me nuts. At no point have your feet been separated from your body. Your feet have left the ice, Pierre. Look at you or, just discovering uh, this one for the first time. Or former. I've never heard that one. Yeah, that's a good one. I've heard that. Uh, and that's, that's the, the one. one. That's the best the, one. Well, the other one is a former first round pick. Mm. He's still a first round pick. He's still a pick. current first, still a first round, round pick. pick. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Our apologies for that, folks. Yes, apparently we are those guys. <laughs> I all got three more. of us on one podcast. My goodness, some uppity conversation happening here. Uh, so three-quarter poll of the NHL season. Overall, guys, Stanley Cup contender. Who is distinguishing themselves overall in that category? Johnny, who do you have at this point? As a contender? I mean, there's several, obviously. But I think Dallas is goes under the radar as maybe a team that can absolutely win a Stanley Cup. Ottinger is ridiculous. They have a very good team, play a very good system. And you said it earlier, the LA Kings. And they're doing it L.A. without Pierre-Luc Dubois yet really hitting his full stride, contributing as much as they as they would expect him to. They are an awesome defensive team. The great question is in net, is Cam Talbot a Stanley Cup goalie right now? But he's been that way playing for L.A. L.A. is friendly to their goalies. So um, I think L.A. doesn't get nearly enough attention like Boston, Rangers, Vegas, Colorado might. L.A. is every bit as good as those teams. Yeah, Kings, the second best points percentage in the league as we tape this, second only to the New York Rangers. Um, I my, my pick is the Kings too because it just – listen, Vegas might be there in the end, Boston, uh, Colorado, but the Kings have done it without dips so far. They've just sort of come out and every week is consistent, which is hard to do in this league. 11 wins in their last 14 games. How about the best candidate in this moment to end Canada's 30-year cup drought, guys? You've got the Canucks playing well, Toronto, Torontoing, Winnipeg. Sorry, uh, I didn't better mean to laugh. Here, maybe the Oilers are back. You, I didn't you mean laugh. to laugh. <laughs> yeah, you did. You go ahead, Pierre. Go ahead, Pierre. You go ahead, buddy. Oh, my God. 30 years. 
I was uh, 21 years old when the Habs won the Cup in 1993. Pierre, let's um, take people down that memory lane. I'll give you no, 10 minutes. No, Tell I, us the I, story. I don't want to. I don't want to bring back my mullet. <laughs> my mullet is gone forever. Thank ah, goodness. Jets are. The Jets are a great story, by the way, but I, I, I can't pick them as the best chance. Um, the reality is, Pierre, while you hum and haw, like, I don't think there's a team out there right now that yeah. you would feel really confident saying they have a good chance of winning. I think Canada. that's why I'm struggling. As good as Vancouver's yeah. start was, however much we picked Edmonton to, to start the year, whatever you thought about Toronto's chances, none of those Winnipeg, none of those teams have been – near the top five or six. I know Vancouver's record might be there, but I don't know if they're quite that good. So, yeah, I don't think any Canadian team is in the top six contenders for a cup today. Yeah. So, like, like I like I do something. I don't know, Ryan and MJ, if you do this. Every year for the playoffs, I basically look at eight teams that I believe are in the Elite Eight, regardless of record, but in current form going into the playoffs. And of those eight, the last couple of years, I always had Edmonton and Toronto in those eight. Not maybe not near the top, but among the eight teams that if everything went well, I don't have a Canadian team in the elite eight right now. I just don't. Mm -hmm. right. Yep. Enough said. And it, you know what? It still might be the Oilers, quite frankly. People wonder yeah. if Vancouver is for real. Yeah. Uh, Edmonton is coming on and they still have the same roster that they had when most people picked them to at least get to a conference final, if not a Stanley Cup final, if not winning at all. So it be interesting to see. Uh, Oilers in Winnipeg, by the way, coming up uh, tomorrow night, I believe. Uh, okay, guys, let's wrap the pod with a quick discussion on Patrick Kane, as reported by The Athletic and TSN's hockey insider Chris Johnston, signs a deal with the Detroit Red Wings, uh, expected to play beginning next week, coming off that hip resurfacing surgery. A career-low 0.78 points uh, per game average in a season split between Chicago and the Rangers. Johnny, what kind of a points mm -hmm. pace would you anticipate Mystic one from Patrick Kane this time around? On a pretty good team, playing with pretty good players, even though he's coming back of injury and he's a bit older, I would expect if he plays 60 games that he would get close to 50 points. I mean, he just gets points. That's what he does. Like, there's, he's not a perfect player. His play really dropped last year. His play driving, his assist making, and he still ended up with whatever you said, 0.78 points per game. So, mm -hmm. if he's healthier, presumably he is, and he's playing on a good team with a good power play, you know, he'll pick up his apples. Like, is he going to be the the difference maker that's going to lead them to a Stanley Cup? I, no, I don't think so. But that doesn't mean he's not still good, and they won't pick up points playing with DeBrincat and Larkin and Raymond and Perron. Like, they have good players there. So, um, yeah, I don't think he's going to get a point a game, but somewhere underneath it, 0.9 points per game, 0.85, something like that, um, because that's what he does, and he's still incredible at passing the puck around. And, and it's not just the on ice, too. Like, I know from, you know, talking to Buffalo and Florida, the other teams that were in on this, and there were other teams as well, but teams like Buffalo and Florida didn't just see Patrick Kane – help us on the ice, but Patrick Kane, the three-time cup champion and, and just mm. what else that brings to teams that are mm. um, trying to win a championship in Buffalo's case, trying to make the playoffs. And in Detroit's case, very similar to Buffalo, except Detroit's having a better year. Detroit's ascending young core. And now they add in uh, a guy who's been there, done that, you know, there's all kinds of intangibles attached to that. Um, a couple of things that 
is interesting here. Like if Patrick Kane takes off and looks like this surgery really did the trick, I mean, I could see Detroit approaching his camp in January, February, maybe, and seeing we want to extend this marriage. Or maybe they wait until the offseason. Um, but that's a possibility. The other thing is, and I think we have to mention it, I mean, listen, we, we all want this to work for Patrick Kane. It's a great story. I always cheer for stories. But, um, you know, Nick Backstrom's probably never playing again. And he had the exact same surgery. Now, two human beings that can have the same surgery and have completely different results. We know that. But it is a rare surgery, the hip resurfacing. And so I think you have to point that out. Let's see how Kane reacts compared to Nicholas Backstrom did. Well, what if it does go well, but it goes the wrong way for the Red Wings? Do we potentially well, see it, right? him move to a contender, Johnny or Pierre? Like, is that Shoggy, I mean, well, this is the question I'd pose. Like, of course, Red Wings great start, and they're really having a nice run as of late. Coming home from Sweden, they've won I think four in a row. Are, are they guaranteed? Would you bet your house on them making the playoffs? No, no, no. Like, they're still they're still Boston. Uh, who's scuffling Florida, Toronto, all teams that I feel still think you'd put ahead of Detroit, even though they're not ahead of Detroit in the standings, even with Patrick Kane on Detroit, I'd still put them ahead of Detroit. Now it may not end up that way, but it just, and on some level, it's an aggressive move to your point, Ryan, that they may find themselves nip and tuck to make the playoffs at trade deadline time. Like this is not like a slam dunk going to the first place team in the league where there's no chance that they could ever fall out of it. Pierre. So in that sense, it's a bit of a leap of faith to go to that team at this time. Right. Which might put even more onus come January because you can't sign another deal till January to actually extend them if you're Detroit to remove that entire trade deadline narrative. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> like if you extend him, then he's no longer a trade trip, right? I mean, he's, he's the only guys that we talk about mostly before March 8th are guys on expiring deals. But uh, yeah, no, that's a good point. I, and certainly <laughs> it's kind of crazy because if you look at the wildcard race already in the East compared to the wildcard race in the West, it's night and day in terms of point totals so far. Crazy. P- Pierre, you thought it was tough figuring out where Patrick Kane was going to sign. You wait till you're trying to figure out where he's going to get traded to. That will be some serious <laughs> insider digging. That I, 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 I didn't think it would, in the end, I mean, Detroit, Detroit, Buffalo, and the Florida were the teams we mentioned the most. So that's where he ended up. It would have been actually a lot more exciting had he signed with the team that we had never mentioned. <laughs> Out of the blue, right? <laughs> and he signs with Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> oh, never mentioned them. Yeah, yeah. I like I like how it kept you guys uh, spinning in circles, though. But in the end, our team got it. So nice job by Chris Johnson on that story. Uh, mm-hmm. Great job today, guys. Uh, awesome podcast. Much appreciated. And uh, look forward to chatting again next week, boys. Right all right, Shoggy. Thanks for waking up early. You don't look tired at all. Yeah. <laughs> you never went to bed. Like, I look jaundiced. Is it just me? Am I yellow? And like, I have normal colored lights pointed at me and I am yellow for some reason. So that's on you, Johnny. I'm going back to bed. You might want to get some blood work done. I don't know, have some vitamin D or whatever you need to get because I'm getting a little bit concerned. Yeah, no question. All right, great job, guys. Thank you so much for your downloads and your subscriptions. We appreciate it. If you get us, uh, if you get a chance, go drop us a review over on iTunes. We'd love to hear what you think of the podcast. We'll chat next week, folks. Uh, And by the way, huge thanks again to our title sponsors, Kuma Outdoor Gear. Have a great finish to your week. Talk again soon. Cheers. Cheers.